everyone, and welcome back to another very exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. And this week, we are covering AEW, WWE, and ROH programming. But before we get into that, I'm Jamie, one half of your host. I'm Mark, the other half of your host. Yeah. Well, Thanks most for of the time. I'm, I'm mostly here, so I'm like, I think I'm like just under 50% here. I'm missing like 5% today, but I'm, I'm mostly here. I'll take 45. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good day when I'm at least over 40. <laughs> and it's been a great week for wrestling. Uh, it's been a great week for women's wrestling. Really can't let's complain. Yeah, let's, let's be honest here. Uh, let's just go ahead and open up the show and talk a little bit about the ROH pay-per-view that just happened. That was death not before Card Dishonor. Of Honor. It was no. not Supercard of Honor. I don't know why they do that, because, you know, Supercard of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, well, it goes, Ring of it Honor. Goes with the, it goes with the Ring of Honor name. But, you know, if people like me actually paid half a bit of attention and <laughs> didn't go a whole podcast and said Supercard of Honor, Honor like 15 times last week, then, you know. I didn't fight you about it, so. I know. We didn't fact our check. It's, it's hard to fact check live on live on recording. Especially when you have two people talking and there's not just like a third keep, person like the Joe Rogan podcast. I keep just throwing Jade Cott's name out there. He's supposed to be our fact checker. I don't he just think, never shows up for work. <laughs> I don't think that he wants to just sit here and fact check for us for. Well. I, I could go into many a story of things I didn't want to sit there while well, he was not. doing stuff. Let's I, not. How about that? Let's not. Um, if you could be, be so kind because you don't have it up here and show me the card for the ROH pay-per-view, that would be fantastic. Well, So this just happened uh, this past Friday. Yes. I love a good Friday pay-per-view just to... You know, have it just, on and get it over with. Well, uh, not just that, but just to fuck up the entire Friday because not only did really we have did. not only do we have Death Before Dishonor, we had SmackDown and Rampage. Right. So that was a, a, a an absolute blunder, and I ended up getting tired halfway. Through yeah, and then you left me. D- uh, uh, Death Before Dishonor. <laughs> I ended up falling asleep before Pac and Claudio Castagnoli got into the ring, yeah. or as they got into the ring. So as I, weird as I it is, I had a lot to catch up Saturday morning. I, I we were watching the pay per view and then SmackDown was on. So then we had to watch SmackDown and the pay per view. We and were dual screening. Rampage we had... was on afterwards. So then I'm watching, you know, the Royal Rampage as you know, which is the pure end chaos. of the pay per view is happening. So I tried my best to watch it. I ended up not being able to accomplish everything and had to go back and watch a lot of it because. It was just insane. And, you know, for us personally, of course, we've got the podcast, but I felt like I couldn't just miss the other things that were going on. Right. And not have any idea. So it was just kind of back and forth. It, it was there's a, kind of fun. There's a lot of catching up to do this weekend <laughs> a little uh, with wrestling. Because uh, then, of course, we had Saturday, we had Collision. So there was a shitload of things that had to be caught up on. Right. But you we are talking first Ring of Honor. But I digress. Right. <laughs> as, we, as we tend to do on this podcast, uh, we are talking Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor. Yes. No. Death Before Dishonor. I yes, did it again there already. You go. Uh, At least honestly, I'm consistent with my fuck ups. <laughs> uh, from beginning to end, it was a fantastic program. Yes. ROH has been putting on absolute bangers when it comes to pay per view. I know a lot of people complain that they don't really necessarily want to watch the weekly show i can kind of understand it it's a little bit difficult to throw in another show on top of everything else but the programming is great on the show the watch roh.com is There's, where you can see everything don't ever say that ring of honor is lacking in their talent in matches absolutely not i can see where a lot of people have an issue with it because there's not a lot of story going on Ring of Honor, but I don't think that's the focus of but Ring of Honor. there is a lot, too. And, I mean, there I is, think... but the focus isn't on the storyline. And it's and I think that's a, a lot of product of it 
kind of not being a new promotion, but being right. a newly televised weekly promotion. Sure, if people so are unfamiliar with it and watch AEW right. and didn't watch ROH. It's probably yeah, even, a little even, bit difficult to digest. Even AEW diehards that you know got into Ring of Honor after they after Tony redebuted, uh, you know, WatchROH.com. Um, to where there's still not a lot of there's a lot of people that people are still learning about and we're learning about old uh you know rivalries between people they're developing new ones they're bringing new people into ring of honor they're kind of like making it into uh AEW's NXT almost you know yeah and it's a cross promotional thing so right, you never right. really know who you're going to see and i think one fun example of ROH and AEW kind of crossing over and having a great match for this pay-per-view was we had a four-way for the ROH uh, World Tag Team Championship, and that was between Aussie Open. Yep. This was a, this was a which tough was, one to pick. Which was kind of a surprise because, I mean, the other three are already known. Sure. Uh, Mark Davis has been out for a couple months now with an injury. Yeah, so I've had to have some nice knee surgery. So I saw a couple weeks ago that he was in the gym, so I was just stoked he was in the gym. So when they announced that he was in the match, I was like, oh, yeah. this is fantastic. So we had uh, Aussie Open, the Lucha Bros, who are the champions, uh, the Kingdom, and Best Friends all went head-to-head to... See who was going to be the next ROH World Tag Team Champions, and it was a, it was a hell of a match. Like it, the problem with matches of this magnitude with four tag teams in it is it's very difficult for everybody to get their spotlight and for it to not to feel like one of those matches where it's okay you hit your spot and then the next person hits a spot and the next person hits a spot and the next person hits a spot and that's okay you for know. a little bit but for you know what did this end up being about 17 minutes you can't do that for 17 minutes where it's just one at a time coming in the ring and kind of right. having a moment but they played they played into a lot of their strengths they played into uh the lucha brothers have a knack for just being really consistent in tag team wrestling of they're course. just really good with you know, not only doing their moves, and I mean, they do them flawlessly like they always do, but also to hit, to get the moves, to get, you know, hit and to take the, and sell the moves and, mm-hmm. and put the other, over, other tag teams over. Right. And I thought this was going to go to the kingdom. I was like, okay, it's an ROH staple. They've sure. been around there. Uh, I believe it was, you told me it was Matt Taven's the triple count, triple crown champion in ROH. Right. Like they're got huge the, staples in you know, ROH, you know, and I thought that was what it was going to happen here, at least but, personally. Yeah. And even, and even Lucha Brothers, I was like, okay, I could see the Lucha Brothers. Cause originally I had heard about this match and it was supposed to be only the Lucha Brothers versus the kingdom. That was the only two that was, you know, fightful reported that that's what the main, uh, the, or the, uh, match was going to be. Which would have been great in itself. Uh, yeah, the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But uh, I think it was the day of we started looking at, you know, to get our notes together for the podcast and just to see what was before. going on. And it was we like were, 4 o'clock in the morning the day before they announced it. Because I yeah, would send it, it to was, you and you were like, I saw that this morning. That's so. right. That's right. And yeah, it was it really it turned was into a four-way. And it was one of the better matches. We're going to be talking about three matches between on this pay-per-view. But it was not that one there of, is a bad match on no, the card. No, no, not at all. Please, but don't these were the three are. that were the standout of the night. Yeah, for us um, personally. Aussie Open ends up getting the belts, and they are your new ROH Tag Champions, which I was, honest to God, wasn't expecting to go in that direction. No, because it's just, like you said, we just recently found out that they got signed to AEW. Mm-hmm. Mark was injured when they announced that they got signed for yep, AEW. Yep, and Kyle Fletcher's been doing kind of some single stuff just to keep the wheels turning of uh the united empire yeah. so uh, great awesome i'm i'm absolutely I'm shocked it. we saw them uh debut in roh when we, we were down for the first two episodes uh that they recorded in, or- in orlando yeah which uh, again they was came great. out as a surprise sorry to interrupt you no no they don't um, tell you we we didn't ever get to see when we went to roh the three the shows only match we saw. They, the only match they ended up telling us was the first 
match between Athena and Willow, which I'll bring it up. We might as well start. We'll, we'll go into that. The main event of the night. Um, Jesus Christ, what a match! Well, before you can even say anything about the actual match itself, this is a a record making match in itself that there have never been a women's main event as an ROH pay-per-view. Right. And it's rare to see a women's main event in a pay-per-view in in general, let alone an ROH being the first one. So congratulations to these two women. And Um, if you watch the media scrum afterwards, Tony Khan said that, you know, after he saw that first match between Athena and Willow at that ROH uh, taping that we were at, he said that he knew from then that he wanted to see that rubber match kind of happen between them. So he had been planning this for a while. And if you saw the match in ROH, my poor girl Athena got, or uh, Willow got her ass whooped. She did. We were super excited for that match. She actually wrestled Lady Frost earlier in the the, the night. You're talking about the recordings for ROH. And then, yeah, she got her ass handed to her by Athena. It was a great match, but really, like, set the precedence as to how hard Willow was going to have to up her game to get to Athena's level. Right, which didn't seem like it was at any capacity at that first match. No, and that was right after she won the NJPW Strong title, if I remember right. No, 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 no. It was way, way, way before. Yep. Either way. She's destined to have gold around her waist. Well, absolutely. Unfortunately, she didn't pull it off this time, so Willow did not win. Uh, Athena ended up retaining, which I think was the right way to go. It was tough. I I mean, after just recently seeing Willow pick up that win for the Owen Hart Cup tournament and, and Athena's face and her reaction as to somebody actually beat me, and I think she's what thirty-two and zero. It's something in ridiculous. ROH, if I'm not mistaken, is right. what Tony said. So, um, it was tough. You know, they set up like the WWE like special treatment mm-hmm. when the WWE title changes hands. A lot of time, you know, Vince will fly in the parents or the the wife or and put them in the front row and and give them this this big grand entrance and really push it they really pushed it like she might get it so i can't lie when it got to the end and that wasn't the case and she wasn't able to pick up the win it was a little bit difficult for me and as mark said he was sleeping so i had to process this entire match by myself i really did it's weird like sometimes wrestling will like move me in a way that i i legitimately was almost brought to a tear like it it hit me i was like i can't believe that athena actually won after the willow kicked from that o face i was like that's it like there's absolutely no way so they made her look fantastic but after everything was said and done i turned off both the shows and i processed it for about 10 minutes you let your personal feelings go yeah i let all that go to the side started setting in yeah logic set in and i was like this was the right move. It really is. She's indestructible, Athena. She's indestructible. I feel like she was one of those people that was brought over from WWE. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for her over there. Right. I didn't really know a lot about her before she came over, but I, she came over to AEW, and I've loved her from the second that she walked in. Her her confidence and her way of wrestling and she knows how to hype a crowd. She knows how to sell a character. She just and she makes everybody she works with look so good. But it, it honestly, it didn't feel like she didn't get the traction in AEW when she first came in. Like when she first came, they're like, "Oh my god, can't believe you know Ember Moon right. has moved from she left or got fired from WWE. Now she's right. AEW, her contract ended, and or that's right. Yeah, she went to because they wanted her to stay, and right, she said right. no. Um, but. It didn't feel like she got a good hold in the AEW crowd. She didn't get like she got a good amount of support, but it didn't feel like the 
AEW, the crowd that didn't know who she was was behind her 100%. Right. And, and the women's like division still had a lot to grow then, too. They still do. They still do, but, but then I feel it, like it was do, significantly smaller. But I feel like doing what they've done with her, they've moved her back into ROH. Again, using the, the similarity of NXT to ROH to WWE to AEW, you know what I mean? They moved them back into the developmental territory to where she's a top dog in ROH to where she can be the top female performer of ROH and build up that confidence and build up that namesake and build up that popularity and build up the steam that she needs so that when she finally drops this ROH women's title to whomever is worthy enough to get it and to defeat her, you now have the capability of you can keep her in ROH and keep her as a, a strong force in ROH but you now have developed her into a much bigger force. She's got a lot of wins under her belt, under an eight or under a Tony Khan product. You can now move her back into the AEW roster and have her feud with the Britt Bakers, of course, and feud with the Tony Storms, and right. feud with you know it, for the AEW Women's Championship. You know what I mean? And it it, it has it gives some legitimacy them, behind right, it. Right? So. It, it, you'll be able to pull that steam right out of ROH and go right into AEW right. because it's, this is it's the, the this same is the product. first woman to win a a women's main event match in ROH. Right. Athena done right. like it's forever. Just One like, of the and, most prolific women's champions of our modern time. Exactly. In ROH too. So yeah, you can keep her there after that win. Whoever she passes that torch on to eventually, you know, is going to have to be one of the best out there right. or just get lucky. Right. You know, so I, I, I'm not mad with the final decision. I think it was a really good decision to keep her as the forever champion as she puts that moniker on it. I love it. Um, You know, they asked her in the, in the media scrum, like, who do you think it can step up? And she said, it's just a matter of who will step up. Kind of I'll fight anybody door. in stardom. And I'm kind of like, maybe that's where it's at. Because when I sit there and think about who could possibly come into the ring with, with Athena and take that belt. Especially right now in ROH. Yeah. I, I don't think there is Mercedes anybody. Mercedes Martinez, maybe. But she's... That's who she won it from. She's, I know. She's had her run. And not that she's, you know... Keep her away from the limelight for a minute. She had the belt for a hot minute, you know. Do whatever. Um, I think they're doing great with her. I think that at least one more pay per view cycle, sure, with the belt, and then give it to somebody. I'm thinking and she defends maybe it every week, which is great. Maria Canellis. I mean, she did shout out Maria Canellis and say thank mm-hmm. you know thank you to her for uh, for the belt. Another thing, this she, belt, you know. Another that thing I have. to point out from that match is they did a lot of callbacks to a lot of women wrestlers i had a couple of them written down but they of course did. They, daphne they had daphne they had sarah uh del sol she was uh mm-hmm. they did a couple Shouted of her out moves cheerleader melissa um a lot of a lot of women wrestlers that went through the past 15 years that wasn't the best for a lot of women wrestlers it was mm-hmm. a little bit rough patch because you had the me movement you had the the kind of like women being more empowered in their what they are viewed as in the wrestling world instead of just a pair of legs and a pair of tits right know, right it's been a it's been a transitional period for women over the past 15 years and of course there's it's still a, a long thing, ways to go you know but i think sure. i think that right there it, it goes to show how important that main event of roh was to have not only two females but two minority females being sure. on the main event and i we don't ever try to get into the politics here on coffee and wrestling we obviously all have our own political beliefs and i know some of the people on twitter that follow us uh might not exactly line up with our political beliefs everybody's got everybody but you know it's just good to see that 
women are being showcased for their talents and how good absolutely they can be that they had the best and rivalry they had the best match and they got exactly what they deserved and tony khan saw something in that and kudos to him for being able to see that so long ago that he knew that this was going to come down to a rubber match absolutely incredible all right and as i said before Every single match on this card was absolutely fantastic. You had Samoa Joe and Dalton Castle. Always entertaining. Dalton Castle might be the most entertaining person Dalton Castle on the could planet. have a shitty match and I'd still be entertained. <laughs> absolutely love him. That was a great match. Uh, Shibata versus Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia was passing out and was still doing his dance moves. Absolute fucking gem. And then the Shibata. Love him. The Shibata post-match <laughs> media scrum uh, comments. Translation with, with Google said, fucking I'll, translate was amazing. He said, I'll learn uh, better English. <laughs> for next time um claudio castagnoli taking on pack these two are so goddamn strong uh, claudio like yeeted pack into the tables like oh i was i don't even know how mark didn't wake up i was yelling so please take the time go back watch all of them if you haven't already if you watched them watch them again because you'll miss there's an unbelievable amount of stuff that you missed but i feel like we would be doing everybody a disservice if we didn't take a few minutes to talk about what ended up being one of my favorite matches that i really <sighs> wasn't I didn't, I didn't thinking like was going to be one of my favorites now uh unpopular opinion perhaps um mark's not a big fan of <laughs> vincent listen all right <laughs> give me my hold on what, what time are we at i were at 1750 that all means right. i got until 1950 you got two whole minutes to talk about how you don't like I Vincent. Could, I could go for a whole podcast how about, about how much I don't like How about 45 seconds? Vincent. We're trying Vincent, to stay positive. Vincent, okay. P- positive, positive, he's got a great gimmick. He has a, a an absolute hold on fans for people that look at him and go, oh, he's mm-hmm. real weird. Who doesn't he's love culty. a good cult? He's tattooed. He's got dreads. He wears all white. He sings, hey, Dutch. man, he, you digging it, man? You <laughs> feeling it, man? Like, I love Dutch. I think Dutch is a great character. I think... And I've said this before. I think <laughs> that the gimmick that they have going with this culty ass group is amazing. I think it's it's got a lot of good storytelling elements with Stu Grayson now coming over and becoming yep. a part of them. And he wore all away for from it. Dark cool. Order, who's already spoopy and evil. So you take him from one evil group to another evil group sure. that's pretending they're not an evil group. I like it. It's a good gimmick. I'm not knocking the amount of theater that the guy these guys put into it because the commitment they put yeah, into their the characters hard. I, 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 <laughs> I feel like you could see Vincent on the street dude. and he would still be snapping I, his fingers like hey man. I can't stand him <laughs> I cannot stand hey he sounds like if you've ever listened to last podcast on the left go on and listen to their Marilyn <laughs> or their Marilyn Manson their Charles Manson episodes he sounds like what henry makes fun of charles manson hey man you want to see some shit man you feeling it man do you know what it's like man the snapping and the fucking every time he's let's moving. get in our dune buggies man <sighs> man I'm fucking dune buggy up his ass i just it kills me it just, maybe it's because i grew up loving rob zombie and like having that Knack in the back of my head, like I can't get all the tattoos and have dreads and be a white guy and listen to rock and roll music because everybody's gonna look at me and be like, You're Rob Zombie. Yeah. Well, and, when we were at the ROH tapings and he was there, everybody was yelling, Hey, he just looks like Rob Zombie. So I, name Rob felt Zombie. Bad. I felt bad because oh, the gimmick's good, but it's just a hard the sell. At least good, for but Mark. I hate it. I hate so. it so much. I don't know if it's one of those things I'm supposed to hate it. Or I'm supposed to like it, and I hate it, but I hate it. Well, I mean, if, if it's a heel faction, if you hate it, regardless of whether you like it, like to hate it do or you, just hate do it. Do you hate it? 
I you've don't never, hate it. You've never given me your opinion. Like when Vincent Because and, it makes me laugh so hard. I actually so really it. like there it. There it is. See, I'm I'm just a stingy old man who doesn't know any better. And I grew up a huge Rob Zombie fan too. Like I love his movies. I loved his music. Like I just can't get I can't get behind this guy. I can't I do like it. it. I think Dutch is so good that he overcompensates for me that he's the bigger Part I feel like Dutch is going to rip somebody in half every time he comes out. Like he looks His like that guy. He's wearing all white. He's got that. I mean, just that he's bare got strength. like that, like John Wayne Gacy, like he. Re- you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of John Goodman in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh yeah. The, I, I and the know. shirt's too tight. You so almost don't fit. Like <laughs> we're, we're going on completely tangents here. I don't know if anybody knows this. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're a halfway smart person. I mean, you yeah. married me. That doesn't bode well for you. Um, but. That whole uh, old brother where art thou? That is actually a retelling oh, of I did know the, this. Odyssey. the Odyssey. Yes, and if you haven't read the Odyssey, it means you haven't gone through high school English yet, and yeah, you really should because it's United a really States. good book. And he's actually John Goodman's actually supposed to be the Cyclops that uh, when he gets blinded, is yelling, "Nobody blinded me." And if you actually go back and watch it, it it's a great thing. Great movie. But that's that's it. who he really reminds me of. Is, jo- is I can John see Goodman? That. Okay, that yeah, he's got that like religious. Like I yeah. said, too too tight of a t-shirt. Way thing too going on. way too like, strong for his own good. Like like awkward smile yes. where like you can't feel comfortable around him. It's the greatest. Like it's such a good character. He lives it. Like I really I do it. feel like like I said, you you'd see these guys on the street and they're they're still wearing the same thing, doing the same thing, but, walking around Walmart, snapping their fingers, grabbing you oh know God. hamburger meat. But these three guys <laughs> put on. With Stu Grayson put on one of the best matches of the night. It was a match without honor, which is basically anything goes. No rules. And Evil Uno had a vendetta. I mean, all of of Dark Order had a vendetta. Before we even start, the guys came out. uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver came out in their their Dark Order masks, which was a callback to how the original Dark Order with the masks and the names and everything like that. So they came out in the masks. And and like you said, it, it was... One of those things where the whole entire match, you were just waiting for that time with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson to to lock up in a sense. And right. what I liked was they didn't make us wait too long for it. No, no, they didn't at all. And, and there's a lot of story there. We could we could sit here and talk your ear off all day about how much story there really is here between the two of them. They've got a school together. They've known each other for twenty I think years. They said, yeah, they've been wrestling together um, twenty years. They're pra- I mean, they're best friends. Uh, it's so. To see this finally come to fruition, to have them being in opposite factions, especially since Stu Grayson ended up leaving AEW right. uh, at the end of his uh, contract a little bit ago, and then ended up recently coming back. So, I love I, this new I, Stu. Yeah. You know, I love what they did not with just him, the and not just Stu. threw him back into the dark order. They actually did something different and really developed the story that is so deep. Like you said before, there's not a lot of storyline, but this one is so deep with the dark order and Stu. And not just that, like it shows a side of Evil Uno that we're not normally privy to see. You know, he's the cool, calm, collective, whether you believe he's this larger than normal man with this mask that completely covers up every time he comes out, is this kind of suave guy. But he does. He comes out in his suits and he talks very eloquently. Oh, he's so great on the mic. You know, doesn't really lose his cool. And when he does, it's very quick, you know, and it's over. But this is, it showcased how brutal evil Uno can be and how much he can put aside his own safety and sanity to really run his point home and he really did that with Stu Grayson and you talk about evil Uno being brutal but it's kind of crazy because we just came off of and we'll talk about this for sure blood and guts we just came off of blood and guts the the 
blood and the and the violence guts. from that and the guts was absolutely insane. And that happened just a few days before this uh, fight without honor match happened. Right. And they brought out some similar things. They had uh, tables, tacks. ladders, chairs, tacks, and Legos. Legos. <laughs> One of the most, the only other time I've ever seen anybody pull out other than, I mean, I, you, everybody's seen Legos. Everybody's seen seen the Legos from time to time. It's kind of one of those tropes. It's just, there's everybody nothing knows. worse. Nothing and worse e- than stepping on a Lego. Even Capri said, if you're a parent, you know there's nothing worse, you know? But it, as a parent, yes, and it's the most common thing is Legos, because every parent usually has a child that goes through, even if it, a little girl, a little boy, it doesn't matter. Uh, Everybody goes through a period where they have like some Legos and they mm-hmm. step on them. And Lego storage sucks. But the only other time <laughs> I've ever seen like a good use of a foreign object that was like tax or like Legos. God, I hope I know what you're saying. Oh, you know exactly what I'm saying. AEW <laughs> did it right. <laughs> was Brandon Cutler and um, Pretty Peter Pretty Avalon. Peter Avalon had that feud and Brandon Cutler was like the D&D guy and he yeah. came out and dumped they out all a were. bag of dice. All the three of them with um, uh, Leva, Leva Bates. Bates. They were all, the she was the librarian. And but he comes like, out and he dumps a bag of of Dungeons and Dragons dice. And if yeah. you don't know, uh, D4s, D20s, use, you use know, multi, you know, sided dice, including a D4, which basically is just a triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the worst one. And they did spots on that, so it, you know the, the Lego is always a good thing. I, I I love the I love the like because the cr- the crowd reaction with Legos is <laughs> oh my god, it's worse than tax. It's just so funny because you have such like this. Everybody's bleeding. Evil Uno's mask is ripped all the way back. So just, much like, testosterone Penta. is pumping in this yeah, ring. It was very Penta reminiscent to how he always rips his mask, and then you have Legos, which is such an adolescent type of bright, thing with, Color, with blood, colorful, you know, angular. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good, but this match, uh, absolutely wonderful. I know we're not done with this rivalry between no. uh, the Dark Order and what are they calling themselves? The Righteous. The Righteous. The fucking Rob <laughs> yeah, Zombie <man>. cover band. <laughs> this is definitely not over, but I was really surprised to see Dark Order get the win and come out so I'd brutal. Love to see, they were so, had so much vengeance. You I know? think they need a, a resurgence. They need to have, you know... I'm uh, telling you, of you know, we're the Dark Order. We weren't when they first showed do. up. They weren't. They were no force to be reckoned with. No. I mean, granted, Brody Lee brought a lot to the, uh, Brody to Lee the faction, but a lot. And the, here, hear me out. You will never replace Brody Lee. He's no. an absolute legend, for sure. You'll never replace him. But hear me out. I have an idea, and I think I know what's missing. Evil Uno is a fantastic member of the Dark Order. Okay, but he's not the main person in Dark Order. That's where we're missing. We're missing the person to run the show. And that yeah. person is Maki Ito. Maki Ito, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did she? Oh, that's right. She did say she was going to join, but then it was. Yeah, there was a BTE oh episode and, and Maki Ito. John Silver got all excited. Could and you... he was like, hey, you know, uh, obviously Hangman left us. You know, I found somebody who's who's going to join us and she's never going to leave. And it was Maki Ito. And they got all excited. And she said, I'm Hi. leaving yeah. immediately. And they're like, no. They but said, now you, she said well, they that, kept asking, do you want to join? She goes, hi. And they're like, hello. Like, do you want to join the Dark Order? <laughs> hi. Hi. We, we've met. We've just we've been talking for 20 minutes. Do you want to do it? Was, it's great. I love the Dark it's Order. It's so good. So she says she wants to work for AEW. I mean, this is a, Bring it this on. Is a great opportunity. And I have to take this moment to say that Matt Cardona has recently won a championship belt. He's in the DDT, DDT Pro, which... 
Fuck, fuck Matt Cardona. I'm, I'm going to step all over your story. I fucking love fuck Matt Cardona. Fuck Matt Cardona <laughs> and his stupid fucking belt. Chris Brooks, baby. Well, yeah, Chris Brooks. I, listen, listen. The I'm king not... of, of professional well, wrestling. Well, he's the king of DDT. Of he's the course. king of everything. But Matt Cardona just won a belt as well as our boy Chris Brooks. Shout bah. out. Uh, Death by roll up. It's a, it's a mid card belt. On yeah, Cardona. but uh, Matt Cardona wore his one half of the tag, the women's tag team championship belt. Chelsea Green. Because belt. he said, I'm married to Chelsea Green. He Therefore, everything half, that she has, I have one half he, of. He is one half of one half of the tag team, of the uh, WWE, WWE. T- women's tag team champions. <laughs> he which, wore it to the DDT match. And then uh, I guess somehow afterwards, Maki Ito challenged him to that DDT title, making it I believe what commentary the, said is the first intergender uh, DDT, DDT pro match. Pro match. I, DDT Pro, I, I've I've been subscribed to DDT Pro for like two months, and I have yet to fire it up. Uh, I just keep up with Chris Brooks, but I really need to like catch up with that. It's just it's so, so good. good. Wrestling's so good. I love wrestling. Let's see what we. Uh, well, if we're gonna talk about, and we're gonna roll into WWE with that. Like, if you didn't know, Chelsea Green and uh, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville are your new women's tag team champions, and we don't normally look at the negative of this stuff, and it's going to be a really weird transition to WWE, but what an awful way for them to lose those belts. And I was actually going to ask you what you thought about, what do you th- what do you think about Sonya and Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Green oh, having I, the belts? I, I don't disagree okay. with the decision. Because I love putting, it, too. That's not my issue with the, with the, the belt loss. There is stellar tag team in ring and out. They are they have great potential they to do. be a women's tag team that could really rub a lot of people the wrong way. Right. And I think that's good. I think it I think the women's I think the women's division, let alone their very lackluster tag team division cuz their tag belts have changed was it five different times since February. Right. So we're talking what a 5 month period. So that means once every month at least. Um and not in the best ways possible. And yeah, two of them have been lost because of injury. Even though we've had plenty of times where injuries, yep. you know, we've replaced people with injuries. Here. We've we've we let yeah, just we dropped let it because of injuries. And then we've had matches where they wrestled with injuries. Mm-hmm. Doesn't but make... that's what happened here. And what was it? Uh, was it Sm- SmackDown or Raw? Uh, I believe it was SmackDown. They had Fact check on a me. WWE Jade, Jade, Women's Tag that. Team Championship match, and it was scheduled for a while between Sonya and Chelsea Chelsea Green. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love, love the way they announced um, it. And then obviously Liv and Raquel. So beforehand, and I know I don't mind this. Uh, they had uh, Mommy, Mommy Rhea Ripley attack Raquel. Okay, that makes sense. There's some NXT you know storyline with that. Right, they've had a rivalry. Plus, That's there's okay. rumors that we might see some, that at SummerSlam. And I'm okay with that. I think that would be a great match. But what they did here was they had Rhea at- barely attack Raquel. Raquel right. gets brought to the back. Of course, everybody. Hey, you know what does the medical team have to say about Raquel? The 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 <laughs> not medical guy, de- uh, definitely not a medical guy, said that just he, guy in a black collar t shirt with a WWE logo. He's on definitely it. an indie wrestler, but um, said that she's cleared, she's okay. But I highly recommend that she not wrestle. And, he not only recommend, but he's, I hope you don't want to wrestle tonight. <laughs> so she's like, no, we can't do this. We just did this with Liv. I'm going to go out there. And the rating was just all over the wall. The second that it, it, Rhea attacked her, I knew exactly what was going to go down. This is how I just so feel like you could have done this. You know? Like if they were building up something between Raquel and Rhea, I feel like you could have done this a little bit better. I feel like you could have given them that match. Uh, 
put Liv in a storyline to where she wouldn't be able to compete or just have them feuding with... But why'd you just give them the belts? But that's what I mean. Have, them, <laughs> have her feud with Rhea <laughs> and then have them give them the belts after you know she gets her ass whooped by Rhea at SummerSlam. Right. Just absolutely hand it to her because there's no way they're going to give her the belt. The, oh, they just no. have they have Rhea hand her ass to her, mm-hmm. make her look good, put her in a pay-per-view, put her over, right. but just have and her then deal beat with the, the shit out champions? of her. She's got a bum knee. Her elbows hurt. Mm-hmm. Her shoulders been out of place her neck hurts and they it's, go into a tag team yeah. championship against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green and they do what they do best and they care in their way into winning the championship it gives Raquel looks like she actually had an, op- or an, an unfortunate time losing the belts as opposed to right. she got kicked in the knee now she's going to be injured for a match and then now in right. what, a week two weeks three weeks we're going to see her by back feuding with Rhea Ripley at, at 100% right? like what, what do we do like over a what not even a sprain yeah you know even though the doctor said oh she's cleared right so why are we selling it like she's injured? I just thought I didn't like that part. I, I, I do like the transfer of the tag team champions. I don't understand, again, why you even bothered to give it to Liv and Raquel right. just to turn around a couple weeks later and just drop it off on Honestly, somebody else. Honestly, I think it's strictly just to rush the match to the SummerSlam pro- program. It could be. Just unfortunate. And and what was really sad was when Liv and Raquel came out, that, again, was written all over their face. The, it was so obvious they were about to lose. Right. They looked so Oh, they really did. They looked off. very angry. They didn't even look like they were in character. Liv had the biggest stink face on her. You could tell Raquel was trying to sell the injury, but was just not very happy. I, I mean, and even if... Another thing, if we, if we don't see this match come to fruition come SummerSlam, that means we have another month until their next pay-per-view. Right. Premium live event. Eat my ass. You know, that means you have a whole month. You're you're not telling me you could have done that sometime within that month. The exact same order of events have post SummerSlam have Raquel being in a, or in a backstage segment with Rhea. She attacks or loses it. You build it up to the next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Like, why did it have to happen so quickly? It, it, it just and especially with the way they lost the titles previously. Right. Lynn Morgan got hurt. And instead they of it. they made him drop it and had her recompete with another person, Shotzi, in a fatal four way right. for her titles that they never lost. And it just makes them look so mm-hmm. terribly weak. And she couldn't have at least won it with Shotzi temporarily until Liv came back or something. They just they're fumbling and they've been fumbling with these these tag team championship belts ever since Sasha and Naomi left. Oh, yeah, it's it's been cursed. It's they, they you know. They, you know, superstitions in wrestling, but a lot of people say that they, they've they absolutely cursed it since they've done that. Because ever since, like you said, they've walked out and said, you're not doing the women's tag titles or the women's division enough. They were right. And it still stays true to this day. And it's mm-hmm. just so unfortunate that we're not seeing all of these these women actually having a chance in tag team wrestling. Even though we've had decent tag teams in NXT get churned into the system and right. then just go well, fall flat. And they have two that just came up from NXT. Where have they been? They've been getting their ass whooped. Gone. But they're not there. Well, yeah. You know, it's just, it's really odd that they, they take the time to put two random wrestler, women wrestlers together and just say, start a tag team and AEW is just as bad. It's, it's, it's women's wrestling. You know? Yeah, AEW doesn't even have the tag We'll titles. take Nyla and we'll take Marina. We'll take Britt Baker and we'll take Janie. We're just going to throw people together and they're going to have a tag team match. It's going to be the main event, you know, and it just... 
I I hope this is the change. I feel very positive about. I feel Sonya like you could. I feel like with these it. two, you can really move the women's tag titles to something to mean something. Yeah, again. some legitimacy behind it because the NXT t- women's tag teams are gone. This is the, the only ta- this is the is only gone. women's tag team they have in WWE right now. You know, this is the only thing other than Oscar and um, Rhea. Rhea Ripley that are that are showcasing women's wrestling in WWE. No pressure, right? <laughs> So speaking of SummerSlam, it is WWE's like mid-season, their second <laughs> WrestleMania. I thought you were going to say it was their mid-premium live event. <laughs> Depending on what the card is, yes, it could be. Um, but it's, you know, they, they really hyped that one up. This is like they're halfway through. Um, I don't know why, cause, but the, for some reason it's like WrestleMania and SummerSlam are like the two big ones. I never understood it. But we've got SummerSlam in Detroit. Uh, we already know about Cody and Brock. Bianca, Flair, and Asuka, Seth and Finn, and of course we have the tribal combat between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Uh, I feel like it's just been regurgitated week after week <laughs> after week of all four of these matches. There's not much to say about Cody and Brock. Uh, we seen it, you know. We, we seen it. We're, We're going to it again. Uh, we've got Bianca, Flair, and Asuka. Uh, we also got Io Sky is going to be rolling around mm-hmm. with Money in the Bank. Um, briefcase. I we, think that's going to be a fun match. I'm we had talked that. about that on a previous podcast, and that's kind of where we thought the direction was going to go. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, you know, honestly, even the uh, the Cody and Brock Lesnar, it is their rubber match. It is, you know, probably going to be the best out of the three of them. Uh, Cody's pretending to have a broken arm. I think again. I think again. I don't um, know. Seth versus Finn with Damian in the lurches with the money in the bank. He swears he won't cash it in. I I have some interest in this match mm-hmm. as well, just because I want to see where the storyline's going. And now, then... and I've said this to you before, it could always be an interesting thing too. He swears he won't cash it in, but mm-hmm. uh, Seth Rollins did this a couple of years ago, where he cashed it in and made it a three way between Brock. Uh, Roman Reigns and Seth. Right. So I mean, that could be something that could happen. But I feel like that still would be a. More. I feel like that'd still be a betrayal to. Uh, well, to Finn of Balor, course you know, it's a so. betrayal. I'm just saying. Plus, you know, I feel like he sometimes be, you got to do what you got to do. I feel like he'd be silly. I think if you, I think it'd be silly to set up a three way match as opposed to cashing in on the tired winner of the match. Oh, of course, but you know, if you've if you've watched that fantastic match and that fantastic cash in that I'm oh, telling you about with Seth Rollins. You can do it in the right way because Roman Reigns actually took out Brock and then Seth got the pin. So really, Seth was just a bystander and ended up winning the the championship from him, which is funny. But right. anything could happen with this. And I hope they do something to make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, we've also got Roman and Jey Uso in tribal combat, which is just basically no disqualifications match, just with a, a little bit of a... Uh, added asterisk on it because they they're both part of the uh, i'm going to say this horribly wrong the anoli family um that's going to be interesting just because the bloodline is going to is been prominent over pro wrestling the whole storyline has been all over everybody's been watching it's been probably one of the more interesting things wwe's been done in a while i'm not super excited for this I, I I just feel like we've done, done this very similar a lot. Yeah, it's unfortunate because a few months ago, I also said that I thought this was going to go down where Jay was going to be the one to be facing Roman. And unfortunately, I don't think there's as much steam behind it as there normally is. They spent a lot of time showing previews of things that have happened in the past with the bloodline rather than furthering the story. Both on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, huge having of time. Jimmy in the hospital. I think that made it a little bit difficult. I don't know if he's dealing with something on his 
his own end and that's why he hasn't been there. I really don't know the story of that, but um, it just being Jay with Roman and Solo and Paul, it hasn't really pushed a lot of heat for this particular match. I'm looking forward to it because I right. know the actual match is going to be fantastic and there's going to be a lot to it. But that asterisk, like you said, the DQ, the no DQ aspect is where is that going to fall in line? Is that no DQ going to help out Roman or is that going to help out Jay? Right. You know, what's going to happen? Who's going to come in? This could be anybody. This family's huge. Like, you could literally bring right. in And they brought up the anybody. elders. Anybody. Yeah, they so, keep talking I mean, about the elders. So it's like, where's Rikishi, you know? I mean, yeah, anybody could end up showing up helping either Jay or Roman, depending on how which way they want to have this story go in the direction to whatever they're going with. Um, interesting to see... If Jay ends up winning this title, you know, that's kind of the end of a huge chapter in the, the Bloodline storyline. Uh, gives out Roman an opportunity to go do what he wants. but Take some time off. That's take some time case. off. But then what do we do if he doesn't win? I don't know. You and know, I've been wondering this for a while. I thought when he faced Sami Zayn at the Elimination Chamber, I thought the same thing. Like, what do you do from here? Then he, right. did, then he faced Cody. What do you do from here? Now it's Jay. You, and you're going to run out of people. What are we going to do? Jimmy next? Like, well, and on. that's that's the, the rumor I've heard is that they're trying to wait until WrestleMania 40, this coming up WrestleMania next April, to a have Cody time. and Roman and have Cody finally dethrone Roman. And I and exactly how you said, like, how are you going to how are you going to stretch yeah. out this I can't championship wait another for eight months? Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. That's not a you know, and that's, we're, that's we're premium live events every, every four to five weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a guy who hasn't defended his title in over 100 days, you're going to give me another eight months. Of that's this? what I mean. Like, it's a hard sell. So where do you go with this? Because if you don't if you don't give Cody the opportunity to dethrone Roman, he's never going to live that down. You right. know what I mean? weird because he hasn't really talked about it anymore well, probably because de- he's doing deal, dealing with brock dealing with brock um then he was dealing with dom and he was dealing with you know this that and the other thing and mm-hmm. it's i think we've gotten so far away from squawk, it squawk 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 yeah. squawk um <laughs> but on top of that we have a few other matches that are potential because we were lo- we were looking at it that's only four matches they've announced and usually they've done about an average of seven matches per premium live event we've got a couple yeah so where does um, that leave us what are we what are we missing what you know i think we're gonna have obviously the trish and becky is gonna be a match yeah, at summer she's gonna beat zoe that's coming i don't up think this trish week. is getting zoe stark's name tattooed on her chest of they as they put a stipulation for this match which <laughs> Really I thought it was Becky Lynch tacky. was going to get Trisha's tattoo. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Becky's going to get somebody's neck, take, uh-huh. name tattooed. It re- I just thought it was really kind of a tacky stipulation. It almost felt like Trish Stratus threw that on there. Improv. like, And they just went with it. And they're like, yeah. It'd only be funny if it legit happened and they did some kind of stupid like attitude era thing where she did get a tattoo of Trisha's right. name she's across really, her. She's really that big of a Trish fan. She's like, oh, yeah, well, I was going to get her name tattooed across my chest anyway. So why don't we just turn that into an angle? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but I think we're going to see uh, Becky end up winning over Zoe Stark and facing Trish at SummerSlam. Okay. Um, we also have uh, Bronson Reed, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Champa uh, all kind of having a, a back and forth. They've you know interfered, interfered with each other's, each other's matches. matches. Uh, Shinsuke is kind of looking like a heel run. Um, Bronson Reed is just an absolute powerhouse, and I want to see more of him every single day. So oh, I love him. Uh, I would definitely see a match between those three, or a combination, or something of that of that sort. But I feel like at that point you're at, you're adding a lot of three ways onto this. this yeah, you game. can only do so many for sure. Um, 
There's also like the back and forth between, I don't think it's been officially announced, but Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Right. I think right. Ronda mentioned that I'll see you she, at SummerSlam, but I haven't said, seen She said, I'm going to do everything it. I can to get this booked for SummerSlam. See you then. And it, But no, there's, as far as we know, Sunday night, there has been no official announcement that no. there's been a match. But again, another one that makes sense. What, one thing I love in this feud is who's the heel? Like yeah. who, who, who are we supposed to hate? Um, oh, definitely I, Ronda. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I think that's the reason that Shane is getting over for that is because Shane, we all hate Ronda so much that we're even going to cheer for Shayna to, to beat Ronda. Shayna went from heat to hype with like a light switch when she attacked Ronda. It was good. I was actually like, okay, even I'm interested in this. I, and it, it's funny because we've always been very critical of, of Ronda and her storylines mm-hmm. and Shayna as well. She kind of fits in that same moniker. And I feel like this was perfect. I think WWE did this uh, wonderfully. They They... Major hater, major hater, major hater, and now that she's she's a face, she's saying everything that we've all said this entire time about Ronda. Right. You know, she's a part timer. She came in without any training. Right. If it wasn't have for to me, you wouldn't be here. here. You know. You know. And I, I think it's WWE finally, like not finally, but looking into the realistic yeah. kind of portion of this. Why not story. play into it? Yeah. Okay. People are saying this. Th- you know. Seven out of ten tweets about Ronda Rousey. Right. In, Who might as well w- run with it? Yeah, like let's go <laughs> with it, Ronda. You're not, you're not winning any any championships here. You know, trying to be a pop you know, with a popularity contest, but right? Let's make you a heel. Let's make your heat real. Look at Dom. Exactly. It worked for Dom. Yeah, it sure it did. It worked for Dom. Like I hated Dom as a as a wrestler for the for the first like year because i'm like oh it's just ray mysterio's kid right but now i hate him just because he's dom exactly dirty dom you know it's the same <laughs> thing with with ronda it's the same thing with shana i hate i hate ronda because she's saying everything that everybody's thinking and right. she's like yep i am that yep exactly and then shana's like yeah you're a bitch you're a piece what a of good shit way to you're put this. somebody over is just by by having them hate on the person that we all want to hate on i mean too. they turned us I'm interested in a match for this. So I think that should also be confirmed. Another thing that they have not officially confirmed yet, but looks like it's going to be, uh, we have the U.S. title, uh, what is that, the finals between the two of them? Yes, the finals Uh, between, they did two four- uh, fatal four-way matches. Yeah, both were great matches. And honestly, I when I saw the lineup, I thought this might happen. So I'm, I'm, of course, a little bit bummed being an LA Knight fan. Uh, But Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio both won. Kind of weird to see them both like praising each other for winning. So it's going to be interesting to see how... Nice to see the LWO get some wins, though. They really deserve it. Like they, they it was really a running joke that the LWO it. never got any wins, and even the older version of the LWO back in the late nineties, early thousands, you know, they always had like that that stipulation that they always lost. So it's good to see the LWO yeah, on that. top a little they bit. They deserve to win it. So one of them obviously is going to win and face Austin Theory for the United States title. So I think we that's also I be think that's that. the the only reason we haven't said it hasn't been confirmed yet is because they haven't said who's won. Plus, I don't remember them saying whether it was on SummerSlam, but I can I can't see how it wouldn't. Why? It's a U.S. title match. One interesting thing was they already had Austin Theory face Santos Escobar this week in WWE. Oh, he was having a pissing match with him because he, you know... Yeah, because Austin Theory went to interfere and Santos just wanted to keep everything fair. Mm -hmm. And then Austin Theory did the thing he always does and gets an attitude and says, I want to fight him. Yeah, now we've got Um, two faces going off against each other in the same faction. Do you think that Santos Escobar facing Rey Mysterio is going to have any tension within that group? No, not at all. 
They're I, such I don't positive, think, like happy guys. I think, I think it would be like a raise of an arm. Yay, you you did it. Exactly. You know? I think it's going to be a single match. Rey Mysterio is going to be mad because he doesn't get the win. And yes, I do believe Santos, Santos Escobar is going to get the win. I also do. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those where he's... He's mad he didn't get the win, but he looks at it and you know shakes his hand because they have kind of like a, a, a passing of the other. torch thing. You Honestly, know, I yeah. can't be my son can't take this from me. I can't really have that relationship with my son. You're kind of like that figure to me. It's now, what it's it feels you like. Bring that up. You know, it's funny that you bring up uh, Ray's son. I, the one thing that was never touched on this week was when Ray was cutting a. Pro- I'm sorry, when Dom was cutting a promo. It's been the first time in weeks he said something. But he mentioned his father. He said, if he can't bring home the belt, at least some, he basically says, like, at least somebody in, my, in our family can, and he holds up his NXT title. Do you think that Dominic could be a factor as to why Rey Mysterio might not win against Santos Escobar? Uh, absolutely. I think that they've done a good job of separating those factions with LW on one side and the Judgment Day on the mm-hmm. other. That but they, still, they have not touched on it really ever since. But so they it's still so have unfinished far, business between yeah, father and son. I feel like that was a good way to put that so far out of your mind that you almost wouldn't expect it. Right. So when it does cycle back, it makes sense. They could respark a feud at any time, and it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think that would be a fun way to do it rather than just have that that clean win. Something happens some right. way or another and Ray ends up losing. Right. I mean, that could be great. Uh, but Santos I also it. think maybe it could be okay if Santos just gets the, a clean oh, win. Oh, of course. I, I don't think Santos is going to get too, a dirty you know? win. I don't think he's going to get a win in the sense that he's going to do something. No, but no I way. Think, I, I, I have a feeling that Dom's going to show up at some point and, and we're going to see him sway the match one way or the other. Uh, we also have a budding rivalry between Bailey and Shotzi. Uh, I don't believe this is going to be on the SummerSlam, whereas we're still kind of early in it. Uh, Bailey ended up cutting Shotzi's hair off. Shotzi ended up uh, having a mental breakdown in a pro in a, a vignette and shaving her head bald. Uh, come to find out, uh, break down the fourth wall. Shotzi's sister was diagnosed with cancer and is going to be uh, undergoing chemotherapy. So she shaved her head in support of her sister. So of course we what an all, awesome all, move. all the love and admiration towards Shotzi and a lot and all the love and support towards her sister. Hopefully she has a, uh, a, re- a good recovery and you know this all goes well for her uh, but i think they, this might actually help shotzi though as weird yeah, as that is because yeah, from, from, from just a looks this. perspective a little bit more like, of an edge when shotzi walked out and the first time i saw her i was like okay she looks like somebody that i could hang out with you know she looks like she's got a similar likes to what i would like right right wrestling wise i think she falls a little short her promos are a little bit short she's got a lot to work on right and there's never been anything crazy interesting beyond the The like punk rock chick yeah exactly beyond the look doesn't that speak volumes though real quick that that doesn't really set triggers off anymore that the girl with the green hair and the studs and the tattoos and and you're like oh you're just one of those girls okay exactly so 20 years ago they'd be like oh my god who's this failure in life i I bet you she does heroin uh, yeah, I know that never, it's just crazy that that actually works now and it's no big deal. Yeah. That's not even a gimmick in a sense. She just has the tank, you know, like that's the only gimmick that she has. So now it's kind of like a broken version of Shotzi. And I think this might actually help her delete her character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, without it intentionally being meant for that way. I'm excited to see how they interpret her character and have her feuding with Bailey. If it doesn't end up being something at SummerSlam, I think the next couple of weeks of building that up could actually be really interesting with the backstage 
stuff. Oh, and yeah. Having the, like the scissors through Bailey's bag. and they could, they could do a lot with this. Yeah, they really can. So Tony Khan had a lot on his mind already with the Ring of Honor, uh, Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view on Friday. But before he had that, he had one of AEW Dynamite's most prolific nights of the year, Blood and Guts. War, uh, blood and Guts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we saw Blackpool Combat Club taking on... Plus Pack. Plus Pack, p- taking on the Golden Elite in a five-on-five, hour-long, absolute shit show of yeah. a normal wrestling match. If you've match. never seen it, it's two rings with a cage... If you haven't seen a match <laughs> called Blood and Guts and you're listening to a podcast called Coffee and Wrestling, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Right? <laughs> but this match this was... This is wrestling on espresso. Yeah, this is this match is <laughs> wrestling with espresso with like two shots of whiskey. Yeah. Um, they brought out tax. We talked about this earlier. Glass. glass sp- a bed, bed of, of nails. nails. <laughs> a bed of nails. Which I, I feel did find like... Out, I did find out there is a bed of nails match. I haven't looked into it, but it'd be oh. interesting. I feel like John Moxley just brought that from, from like his home collection. Well, not only just that, nobody but just made that real quick. Like. Not only just that, but I feel like this is only like a few days removed from finding out that AEW has put out a list of moves and things that are done <laughs> yes. in a wrestling match that you need to have approval for, right? Or you cannot do pile anymore. drivers. Chair shots, yeah, four fifty splashes, anything on the apron, table spots, crowd. So basically, it's a it's a catch all. So that if you want to do some over the top spots, you just got to go into the office and be like, "Hey, we want to do this crazy spot." Yeah, Tony Khan said it's basically so that the medical staff, the referees, and the wrestlers are all on the same understanding of what's going to be happening. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They they put out a list. Uh, It was criticized amongst the internet because you know they've been doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, I think it was fair. It was basically asking permission beforehand, except for John Moxley. But then you, (laughs) like a few days later, you put. 10 of some of your biggest members of your roster in two cages with weapons and the intentions that things are probably going to go squirrely. Oh, and one of the biggest things that they they can't do on that list that they need uh, permission to do is blading. Yeah. Again, so then we do that on Wednesday. Yeah, immediately. Um, (laughs) This match was... It was great. Like, there's... They're always great. I'm... I'm, I might be biased. I am a a 16-year-old Mark... Used to love the hardcore matches. I thought that anytime they had ladders, tables, chairs, kendo sticks, oh stop signs, trash cans, ring bells, oh, the belt, it. the so- or the uh, the railings, the the apron, falls counts anywhere. I, I, it, that was my that was my thing. Whenever you, I played SmackDown versus Raw on on you know <laughs> uh, PlayStation or you know whatever other game you could play with on PlayStation. I would always be the guy that turns off the DQ. I turn off the count out. I turn off all of that stuff because I'm I'm all about the hardcore stuff. I'm about the chairs and the and the kendo sticks and the blood and the it it, it gets me going. The pizza cutters. The pizza cutters. That was new. <laughs> Nick Gage opened me up a whole new world. Dominoes. I love me some dominoes. This was a great match. This was a very well put together match. The spots they had. Uh, it wasn't as chaotic 
as other ones have been, which was good. It was good. easier to digest. I mean, they you still have... missed quite a bit, the camera guys, but there was so much going it. on. You know, there's at one point 10 guys in these two rings, and even though it seems like a lot of space in between everything, mm-hmm. there really wasn't. You know, you've got five guys on one side, five on the other, and they're pretty much... What was nice was they kind of like stuck with one side. Right. So it wasn't right. constant jumping back and forth between the two rings, which it was gave you like a lot either, easier either again, or to watch. I guess, yeah. Uh, which I believe is, it, it's probably a lot easier to te- keep track of while you're there uh-huh. because you can see both in your vision and swap yeah. back and forth. Um, but yeah, they did a great job. Like they really did. And then the ending was unexpected i was not expecting john moxley to give up the goat and say that we're done especially after I, we've been talking about this for weeks now on the podcast wheeler has just been eating those losses right. for the bcc right nobody else i don't think he had losses. much of it he didn't have much of a chance on this one though i, I can't mean, i can't really were, give him the blame on this literally one. looked like they were going to kill him and if you <laughs> haven't watched it john moxley gets handcuffed in between the two rings and at this point, Takesha has been taken out by Don Callis. He re- realized how brutal the match was going mm-hmm. and retrieved his protege. Uh, Pac walked out. got pissed off at everybody. Uh, he's got a history with Claudio, with Moxley. Uh, he ended up storming out. So it was down to three on five. Claudio was so an up up in a raise over Pac leaving he gets taken out so it just left Wheeler and Moxley Moxley gets handcuffed so now it's a five on one they wrap a chain around Wheeler's yep. neck and start wrapping around him. the ropes and it, it uh, I, the one thing I did I did notice with Moxley is he knew that Wheeler would not give up like he wouldn't tap he knew that Wheeler would go until he was lifeless with uh-huh. that chain around his neck so I think you're right. I think there's something to Wheeler being the quote-unquote weak link in the BCC. Right. But I think it also speaks volumes that John Moxley knew that if I let him do what BCC says we do all the time, it's going to kill him. Right. You know, so he had to, he's like, because he wasn't yeah. even in distress. He was just handcuffed. He couldn't do anything. And he was smiling. Anything. Like, he was almost smiling at the idea. Like, you said that Wheeler was doing exactly what he was trained mm-hmm. to do, to bleed and take the sacrifice and to but do I, whatever he had to do to get the win, and he would not. I think that smile also played into the idea that John Moxley knew that the elite finally bested the BCC. Right. They got they rid even, of, there's no they Claudio, they could do after. anything. The two other members had left. Wheeler was in a, a compromised position and they have compl- they immobilized Moxley. He, I think he knew that shit they finally got us. They yep. finally beat us at our own game at a at a blood and guts match. BCC is like bread and butter. They got beat. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to call it a clean or whatever it is cuz it's a hardcore match or it's an anything goes match, like they finally beat them. And I think that was like the magic of this and it's like it all came to a head, and it may not be over between the two factions. I don't think but so. I think this chapter has now been over. We mm-hmm. might see some individual fallout. We end up seeing Pac and uh, Claudio, Claudio at yep. at uh, Death Before Dishonor. But I think I think the BCC and Elite rivalry for right now has they've closed that chapter and they've put that book away and we're moving on to something more. Well, yeah, because they've already got a match set up for Dynamite too. They've got John and Claudio taking on best friends right. and, oh, the Lucha Bros. So there you go. It's already like progressing onto a different storyline 
and the elite's going to be doing something different. I'm sure there's going to be interferences and, and talks and, and individual matches between everything. But I mean, now even, I feel like the storyline is just progressing more with what's happening with the BCC, especially with Brian gone. And even even that, we if we decide to not do anything from here, it now opens up a time slot for more different storylines to come in because right. the elite's been active since they've came back after their mm-hmm. quote-unquote hiatus right and now the lucha bros are in AEW without the tag teams from roh so they can kind of uh delve into more of a storyline in the tag team division the tag team division in AEW is just next level oh yeah especially with this blind eliminator tag mat or tag oh. tournament <laughs> I could have talked the whole podcast about this. Where where do we go from here? We have the best pairing of two. Uh, Tony Khan. I don't know where you come up with this. I know. The best pairing of two wrestlers. Yeah, the acclaimed. Being in. Keith Lee and Swerve. I loved it. And now MJF and Adam Cole. I mean, I don't know where this all came from. Why exactly this is happening. I know you have your theories as to why this is kind of happening the way it is. It's not a theory. It's gonna happen. It's MJF. Come on. You're gonna tell me MJF's gonna play nice even all the way up to getting the title? There's no way. There's no way. There's no way he's gonna be this well, let's n- set it goody. Up. Oh. Let's set it up. So we have set yourself your up for AW. failure. That's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up. He's having you. You're that little goat at the at the at the zoo, and he's just he's got the food in his hand, and he's just, you're just eating out of his hand. I'm not eating out of his hand. 100%. I just think it's gonna go a little bit further than you think it's going. How, how, to go. how loud did you pop for that? The entrance music they came out to. Oh, I lost my shit the second Adam Cole said, I've got a second surprise for you. I was like, oh my God, the entrance is going to be mixed. They're going to figure out a way to do it. Shout out to Ruckus. That drop with Adam Cole's words over the MJF. So good. I mean, you knew it it had to be that. The shirts and the double clothesline. Of course, I'm eating it up. I love it. But I wasn't ready for that, though. I was not ready for it. When I heard the entrance, I was like, okay, we're going to get an entrance song. Uh, and then they started playing MJF's, MJF's music. The second time, I was like, what? That was so good. That got me beyond. It was so good. This, this was whole like, what pairing. Was that? What was that? This whole pairing. I know I've got my 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 fortune tellings of yeah. what's going to happen. Well, we've got but I've, I've absolutely I've absolutely loved this. <laughs> FTR are the AEW tag team champions yes. right now. Uh, they are coming off of a feud, which I also don't think is over with, between the FTR and Bullet Club Gold. No, not I don't not think even close. that's, we've barely even touched the tip of the iceberg on that one, which is crazy. We've seen that two out of three falls last week, but they're coming off of that and going into this, this match with F, uh, MJF, I'm sorry, and Adam Cole. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with this match? I think... Because this is goofy wrestling at its finest. I mean, they literally stopped to dance. Right. <laughs> I Well, and FTR came out this week, and they cut a promo on MJF and Adam Cole and said, you know, we worked our asses off for these titles. You know, we're the best tag team in all of professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, these guys are out here making a joke about it. They're out here dancing. They're out here you know, singing songs and playing video games. And we're out here, you know, busting our asses, you know, really working for these titles, being championship material. And I I think this is when we're going to see MJF turn. I think MJF's going to like start seeing the writing on the wall. He's going to look at himself. And especially after that, that uh, little bit of a look he gave Adam Cole when Adam Cole mm-hmm. went to hand him his uh, AEW world championship. Well, let's Adam not Cole forget. Really looked into that belt. Well, let's not forget intently. either. 
MJF is the AEW world champion. There hasn't been very little mention of that. Mm-hmm. All of this blind eliminator tag tournament has kind of blinded us to remembering that he is the top dog in right. AEW. He holds the most coveted prize in AEW wrestling. And for a minute, I think Adam Cole forgot about that, too, but until it was in his hands. Do you think MJF's going to be okay with sharing the spotlight with another individual? Think, think of that. His ego is okay. so big. His ego is so big. He is better than you, and you know it. But Adam Cole, is he as good? Is MJF going to be okay with that? That's what makes me think that MJF's going to finally turn. I can is, see where you're coming from. He's just he's going to get there and be like, well, wait a minute, you're not better than me. I'm but better than you. Can he not want another belt? Of course not. He's you know what's, AEW... what's wrong with having two belts and There's being a world that, you know, tag has... team champion and the the top guy? But why would he stoop low enough to have to share a championship? Why why does the AEW World Championship, the top dog, the championship that even tag team champions want to have? He's not gonna. He's not gonna give a shit about that. So, do you think MJF is gonna be the reason why they don't win this match? One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. Is it gonna be like a great match all the way up until the oh, end? Oh yeah. And MJF. It's gonna be. What a, is he gonna do? Walk out? It's gonna be a bang. I don't know. Something similar to that. Something MJF style. I mean, this is think of. I guess th- what, an interesting thing would be like blatantly getting Adam Cole. That's what I disqualified. Mean. That's what I mean. Think you of, know, oh no, he had the ring this time. He's and so he buddy buddy. You know? He's been so supportive. He's been so in his corner. He's mm-hmm. been winning the crowd over. He's won you over. He's won everybody over. Oh, he's, he's won, won me, over me, a long me over. Time like, ago. don't get me wrong. <laughs> but in this one instance, he's a good guy. So what better than the mo- the biggest heel in all of professional wrestling? The devil himself to be able to pull that carpet out from underneath you at the one time you think that like oh he's the greatest in the world right right when they're about to pull out that double clothesline everybody's been screaming about and he betrays right. Adam Cole John and... Cena hits the Undertaker with the belt oh, I thought you were going to say John Cena's going to come you know out what I mean? <laughs> the, you know what I mean the ultimate heel move the yeah, ultimate like yeah. I can't believe you did that to, to, for sure to be just because you're MJF because I mean, MJF will ruin a pay-per-view just so he can look at you and laugh. We need to have that that actual championship match between Adam Cole and MJF and And I think and that's AW what this is, is about, building up to. AEW is about to have the biggest pay-per-view that they have right. ever had and, who are and two that's of the coming most, up next month. Who are some of the two most over stars that are in AEW the right shirt now. that they have has only been around for a couple of weeks and it's the best-selling t-shirt in and AEW. as of today all in has sold 75,000 tickets yeah, it, mo- that's a rumor, it only makes sense but it only makes sense that, that that's what this is leading i won't to. be mad at that so if we're going to talk about the AEW world championship i can't not bring up one of the most polarizing figures in wrestling today cm punk he said on a promo with him and Ricky Starks on Collision that he is the AEW world champion. And it's interesting because I was just saying something to you about how it's been a while since he's mentioned ever since Juice or I'm sorry Jay said right. I want what's in that bag. Right. He hasn't really said anything about it. So now he's, he's never actually said it. what was in there either until this week. Well, he hinted at it, but right. now he officially said it and uh, Ricky Starks 
said he bought like a new Prada bag and he brought it out and he said, my bag's just as empty as your bag, you know, to see him. Right, and that's right. how all this kind of started. So because Ricky's I mean, Ricky and him are having this feud because Ricky ended up winning the Owen Hart tournament by holding onto the rope and pinning CM Punk. Right. Uh, so they were kind of throwing jabs back and forth and he got real heated about that. Yeah, he did. I and mean, he also called out Max by name. Yes. <laughs> Said Max doesn't want me to have what's mine. But how does MJF tie into what's going on with Ricky Starks and CM Punk? Maybe CM Punk's alluding to he's said something about challenging MJF for that, you know, for the belt, you know. But I, they haven't really mentioned much about it. Who knows? Maybe they're waiting for this Adam Cole MJF feud to be over and then they'll... Perhaps just confusing because CM Punk's talking about it. MJF's not acknowledging it in the slightest. No, nobody said CM Punk's name except for on Collision and the vignettes. It stays over there, you know. <laughs> yeah, they've done a really good job with Collision. I mean, I, we really said it last have. week, but it's a different show. It's a completely I like, different show. I like how the beginning starts off, where it has like these little promos. Even right. Juice took a t- second. I keep calling him Juice. Even Jay took a second to uh, shout out the amazing new t-shirts that the guns have and say you know shop aw.com and his promo which i he, thought was just phenomenal he said that but then not too long afterwards he looks fairly annoyed with the guns he looked fairly annoyed with austin but can you blame him yeah austin they, seems like a lot austin <laughs> seems like he wakes up and puts a scoop of pre-workout in his coffee he probably wakes up and just starts yelling bang bang probably probably <laughs> i love me some bang bang gang though Bullet, I Club, do too. Gold, Bullet Club Gold has become one of my favorite factions in yeah. AEW just because of the absurdity of all of them. Oh, the four of them just work well together, though. It makes sense. Uh, we also got to mention uh, the Acclaimed had a match with House of Black this week. Ended up getting the loss. They were, they were going for the trio's tag titles. Um, not that them losing to House of Black is you know very uncommon. House of Black has been tearing house down as they should you know ever since getting these belts um but at the end of the match daddy ass who ended up getting getting his shoulders pinned took his boots off stuck it in the middle of the ring does that mean we're gonna see the end of you know the badass billy gun i mean it's been 30 years if he hypothetically were to say this is the end could anybody be mad I mean, look at the things no. that he's done look at the the greatness that he's brought to these companies so even if he puts his boots in the middle of the ring and that's for sure that's it he's not done with wrestling he's still going to be a big part of you know the behind the scenes of AEW and hoping to train you know the next batch of of people to come into the company but I mean who better to learn anything possible yeah oh for sure I mean he's probably as over, if not more, than when he was in DX at this point. It's crazy. People Which, love yeah, him. It's as insane. They he was. I mean, I always felt like he was like the third wheel of DX. You know, he was oh, like the guy that was favorite. just there. You know, but nowadays it's like, damn, it's that daddy ass. Like, right? he doesn't have to be a part of a faction, and he's just daddy ass. He went heel that one day with his two sons when they attacked Paul White, <laughs> and they've never referenced that ever again. And it's just he's he just, can just daddy do whatever ass. he wants yeah. to, and it works. Yeah, and I mean, he's in impeccable he shape great. for what fifty six, something like that, fifty nine, I think. Ridiculously good shape for a man his age. Um, so and no, still I wrestle just as well. Oh yeah, I could I couldn't be mad at him putting putting his boots up on the shelf for the last time. I think right. I think it's not that easy. I, I think, think he's, he's got to face his sons. 
Oh, he's got to sure. have something with his sons. For just sure. to, to. I don't think we're done with Daddy Ass. No. I don't maybe think maybe Daddy Ass retired, but Billy Gunn sure as hell has some some receipts to to give out to both of his sons. He had a lot of laces to take off, though. Those are things were like that poor guy took him a while. Like, that was <laughs> he's probably panicking, like shit, shit. People shit, like shit, chanting, shit. "You still got it," and he's like, "Damn it, I should have been out of the ring by now." <laughs> And of course, on Rampage, we had the Royal Rampage, yes. which was the the two rings are already set up for right. the Blood and Guts match. We pull the cage off it, boom! Now you got the Royal Rampage. There's twenty wrestlers that came out. Uh, I believe so. A uh, whole slew of individuals: you know, Darby Suzuki Allen, Matt Hardy, out. Minoru Suzuki, Butch, Butch and the Blade. Blade. We had uh, Brian Wayne. Cage, Nick Wayne, Swerve Strickland, Darby Allen. Right. Uh, every every Toa, Khan. Oh, it was it, it was really it was really a good match. Like it was it, fantastic. And again, that's another one that gets so chaotic. Yep. I think the year previously in the Royal Rampage, there was, again, a lot of jumping between the rings. This year, they did a really good job of saying, okay, Swerve and Nick Wayne are going to fight for right. a little bit. Okay, now uh, we're well, going to go over it, here good... and it's Butcher and you know Toa Leona are having something. So it was it was nice because you had like things to focus on. Right. And I, you would come back remember, and they were still fighting the same person. I don't you know? remember last year if it was the same way, but it they would alternate whenever they would come out. You know, this person would come out, they're going to the blue ring. This person would come out, they're going to the red ring. So they would alternate which ring they were going into. And I don't know if that was like a rule that they had set in place that each individual had to stay in their own respective ring. But they kind of did that to where Toa Leona and Khan both got called into the red ring. So they were both in the red ring for, mm-hmm. and they were fighting Darby Allen and, and right. the Matt Menard and the Blade were over on that Blade. side too. Uh, and... But then you had Big Bill and Brian Cage and Swerve mm-hmm. Strickland were on the right side with... Uh, the only person I really saw was Nick Wayne was going back and forth yep. towards the end. But I think once you get towards the last few guys, it's you like You kind of have to, yeah. Um, so it was nice. They Again, it was able to keep it, instead of 15 different fights happening in two rings, it was basically two fights happening in two rings. Exactly. Or I'm so sorry, one focus. fight in, in two in You could rings, focus you know? on one thing and then cut to the other camera on the other right. ring and it was something else. And I think they utilized a lot of tag teams and factions so that you had they did. Toa and Khan, they were beating up Darby Allen. Right, of the uh, embassy and ROH. Right. You know, uh, when Butcher and Blade were in, they were beating up uh, Toa Leona. When uh, Brian Cage and Big Bill were in, uh, they had, they've got had that tag team for a little bit so they were kind of not beating each other up so they'd beat up anybody else you know they throw each other back and forth so they had a good opportunity to take a multitude of people and make them the focus of the of, right. of the camera instead of having individual one individual two mm-hmm. and then there's 15 people strewn about just trying to like lay on the ground for five straight minutes because they you know they're not part of the you know the tv shot right they did a great job with this they've Mm -hmm. learned a lot from previous years i think so Um, too and tying in the tag teams and tying in you know actual rivalries that are happening within they always tie those into these big battle royals too so and i mean they haven't tied into like with saying the tag teams a couple of the same side teams were kind of having a go odds against each other you know what i mean swerve really pissed off a couple of people in in this match you know him and brian cage actually had a a spot where swerve i think kicked brian cage he's part of the reason brian cage got knocked out no darby allen ended up hitting uh swerve yeah so now that makes you think what's going to happen with mogul embassy is that going to turn from that all because of this tag team match which again when they had the royal rampage last year swerve and keith lee were a big focus of it because they were in the tag team 
um, Swerve in Our Glory that was clearly breaking up at that time too. Yeah, that's when it was like really rough. Yeah, so they added so much from that after this match, and they've done a good job of that. Swerve this does year it. Too. You even said it. Swerve's the king of the of the rumbles if here. If you in have AW. a battle royal, like you're stupid not to have Swerve in it. But all Swerve it does is piss everybody off. off. Well, he swerves when he drives. He's so good. You know? He's so good. He just he he looks out for himself, and then he just ruins everybody else's day. I love Swerve. He is the ricochet, the Dolph Ziggler. He's the guy you bring in, like when you want somebody to look good. Swerve. Oh yeah. Swerve will make has, anybody look. He good. has no problem making himself look good, though. Oh, but he also has no problem giving you that like back kick, like mule kick to the face. Yes. God, I, I thought he killed kick. Nick Wayne the other day, but it all came. All this Royal Rampage came down to. As we said, Swerve, my dude, and Darby Allen, who took an absolute, of course, ass beating the entire time. Oh, t- you never awful. thought, you, you know, there was never Randall. a time where Darby Allen was winning in this no. this ba- battle. That, that's what initially, when we were watching it, it, gave me the inkling that he might win because he was just uh, every time the camera would go <laughs> over to the red ring, he was being thrown around like he was a rag doll. Yeah. I mean, a child, it, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, it's what he does best. That and the spot at the end when he takes when he gets pretty practically power bombed by Swerve onto the trucks of that skateboard. That was awful. That was terrible. I felt that as a as a 15, 16 year old kid with a skateboard. <laughs> I felt that that truck going into of the course. lower back and just going, oh my god! And he's yelling. It was just like, there's no way he's. It felt that. legit. Like he's not afraid to take a bump to but he won. to get a spot. He well, I the... loved the way that he won, and so thank good. you to Excalibur for quickly clearing it up. Um, I believe Swerve was on the outside of the of yes, the ring again. Yes, he got tossed over the top. He keeps r- doing this. This is this is his downfall here in these these battle royals. But he's on the outside uh, on the apron, and Darby Allen does a tope suicida and knocks him out which he goes under the rope goes under the top over rope. the rope right. so even though he touched second and the rule is the, the rule rope. is and AEW does this a lot you have to go over the top rope and then to the apron to be eliminated you can go under the rope you can go through the ropes but once you go over the top rope and then you touch the apron you're done so they yeah they played off that rule he hit that tope suicida dove through the ropes and was able to bring him down even though they both landed at the same time right swerve gets that it gets the out and darby gets the win yep and i think i think what they said was he would get a shot at the tnt championship not not naming who that person would be whether it be <laughs> christian cage or depends. luchasaurus Dep- yeah it depends. Um, and i think it's going to be happening in all out i don't know i i i Shame on me for not double checking. Well, I mean, I think we, that's the case. We do have two huge pay per views coming up with AEW. We've got All In, which is reportedly 75,000, 76,000 people sold. It's and not it's been Wembley. confirmed, but it's outside. It's going to be a different, completely different vibe than any of these other shows really have had. It's going to be kind of more of a tie back to like Daly's Place that used to be outside in, in Jacksonville. They don't, I know, but it's going to make Daly's really Place look like do anything like, a, like that. Yeah. Like a pocket poly set. I mean, think about Orange. Orange Cassidy coming out in the dark, you know, like right. his one little we, firework, the pew. We also have <laughs> All Out is going to be the following weekend. So you've got two huge pay-per-views yes. uh, coming up with AEW. And it's the biggest one of the year, and now they're doing All In again. Right, right. So, I mean, they got they got a huge, huge load on their plate. And no matches announced. Not a single one. <laughs> but so many great champions that you can really 
put so many different things together and have that happen. And and Tony Khan said, obviously, he's not afraid to work with other companies. So we're I've sat there for weeks and thought about who within AEW or ROH would be fun to see in All In. Or but, even Stardom. I mean, that's what I mean. We can talk about different companies. Like, uh, I know you've alluded to this for several weeks, and I don't want to act like this is this is my idea, but this maybe could be where Bullet Club Gold and Bullet Club War Dogs finally have that match right. in a huge capacity like this, where it's not Forbidden Door, it's not just a dynamite. Only, the only problem with that is you've got the G1 Climax going right now. They do, and but you got yeah. both War Dogs in the G1, mm-hmm. which uh, we have not kept up with that. I got to admit, uh, past week has been pretty busy, but that's going to be on this week's uh, things to do is catching up with the G1 Climax. I haven't even looked at the results yet. I've been, I don't want to know. I want to yeah. watch it. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully Eddie is winning all of these. Of course. That's who That's who, That's who. who my money, uh, not my money is on. That's who my heart is set on to win this one. Oh, yeah. Eddie, Will, got, got some guys out there that I definitely hope take the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, Eddie. Eddie all day. <laughs> Right. So again, there were so many amazing things to cover this week. Didn't have the time to cover absolutely everything. Um, so but, go back and just watch it. You don't need us to, to watch it. I mean, yeah, you don't. Yeah, exactly. You don't Thank need you us to cover us, everything. I mean, I yeah, we really it. appreciate you. Always uh, welcome to. If come you haven't here. already, make sure you follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're gonna go over really quick the matches that we know of so far that are happening next week. I'm gonna start off with the matches happening on Dynamite because of the Royal Rampage ending that happened between Darby Allen and Swerve Strickland. They will be having a one-on-one match. Which they uh, always put on a good show. Oh, of course. Now, you want to talk about being excited about a match? This has got me absolutely hyped. There is... My favorite wrestler right now is A.R. Fox. He's the absolute man. So when Orange Cassidy... Uh, or, I'm sorry, Darby Allen said that he wanted A.R. Fox to have an opportunity at Orange Cassidy's belt... Uh, I got really super excited for that. And that is going to be happening for the AW International Championship on Dynamite. We also have Britt Baker taking on Taya Valkyrie. Nice to see Britt Baker coming back into yep, Britt had just a, the singles division. She had a uh, match against Kayla Sparks on Wednesday. Got that win. Taya had a match uh, against Sky, Sky Blue, Blue on uh, Rampage, uh, which was a great match between the two of them. She ended up winning over Sky Blue, got on the microphone. Very winded when she was on the microphone. Uh, but she ended up challenging uh, Britt Baker to a match this Wednesday. Um, if you know, you know, we all have a Pac versus Gravity. <laughs> uh, give you a little bit of insight. Anybody who doesn't understand this, it took, it took me and Jamie a minute. Uh, there's a series of videos out about, about, about Pac called The, uh, like the, the Man, Man That Gravity fight. Forgot. Yeah. Uh, and now there's a luchador, luchador named Gravity who is Bandito's brother. Uh, in AEW, so they went with that joke, and so now Pac and Gravity will be having a one-on-one match on Dynamite. Gravity, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, right. Best of luck um, to you in your future endeavors. John Moxley and Claudio Casagnoli will be taking on the Lucha Brothers and the Best Friends in a triple threat tag match because Best Friends and Lucha Brothers were beefing, and then Lucha Brothers and PCC were beefing. Mm-hmm. The BCC doesn't like, like anybody. So Death Triangle is back together, which yep. is fantastic. Yep. So uh, I'm, I I don't believe that's going to end in a clean match. And I think the best friends oh, are just no. going to be cannon fodder for these two teams, unfortunately. <laughs> Not uh, that they don't have a chance against these two other course. teams. but Just these... taking the brunt of the aggression from everybody else. Right. Over on Collision, we are going to be having the match of the week, I'm sure, when we see FTR taking on Adam Cole and MJF. Oh, I will be glued to the TV for that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, let me say it correctly, just in case you don't know how to pronounce Andrade El Idolo taking on Buddy Matthews in a ladder match for Andrade's mask. Which House of Black stole a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Andrade Loving has very, been very, very adamant about getting it back. It represents him as family. Yes. His everything. The security stopped him from actually interfering in the match that but, uh, yeah, they House of Black him, They wouldn't even let him in the building. Claimed. Yep. Uh, and then we also have El Hijo del Vikingo. Action Andretti and Darius Martin will be taking on Juice Robinson and The Guns, which I guess, I don't know why we wouldn't just call them Bullet Club Gold because they are. it makes it easier than you know you know the guns. Uh, over on WWE on Raw, we're going to be seeing Tommaso Ciampa versus Bronson Reed, which I'm sure Shinsuke Nakamura will have something to do with that because sure. these three have been at each other's throats for the past three weeks. Sure, that's going to be an absolutely fantastic match, though. Uh, over on SmackDown, the winner between. Uh, or is going to be determined between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, like we said earlier. So I'm sure there's going to be something happening there. And like you said, possible speculation of maybe Dum Dum. Dum Dum. Dum Dum. Dum Com Com. No, not Dom Com. No, no, no. Uh, and then we also will be seeing Carrying Cross. We'll be taking on Carl Anderson for whatever reason. Hopefully it's something to set up for something for both of these guys because they're not doing anything. I always um, forget about Carl and uh, Luke. Yes. Yeah, they well, I mean, they got rehired by WWE, and in their contract, they basically said, "If you're not using us, let us go home." Mm-hmm. So they haven't been. They must on be TV. building something if they're if they're just having a singles match here. I mean, but what a cushy ass job! Like, we don't need to be in an <laughs> angle. We don't need a championship. But if you need us to feud with the New Day, with a feud with Pretty Deadly, to feud with Brawling Boot sure. Boots, bring us in. We'll do our you know, six to eight yep. week program, go to over, the premium live event. When we take the loss, you know, yeah, we're gone. Have a good day and call yep. us in two more months when you need us. Like, what a cushy ass job for a, a well paying job hey, like that. Those guys are clearly all about the money. So, oh yeah, they've they've <laughs> specifically specifically <laughs> like made that tubs. wide open. Um, now, I do want to preface what I'm about to say. Okay. Like <sighs> a bug. Preface what I'm about to say that what I'm about to say has some spoilers for SummerSlam, but maybe not spoilers. So if you don't want to hear anything behind the fourth wall, if you don't check out the dirt sheets, go ahead and skip for like the next minute and a half. Um, But rumor has it that we might see Bray Wyatt come back and thwart a, a face superstars win in a match at the pay-per-view at the pay-per-view. or something coming up a faces opportunity to win and and Bray Wyatt would come in and the way that I read the way that it was it, okay. it read was that he his plans are for him to come back during SummerSlam to interfere in a match a, t- a high profile uh star and ruin their match okay that's the rumor is that we will finally see the return of Bray Wyatt hmm. whether that's true or not I don't know but and sometimes it's true, and sometimes they're just way off. You know, you just never know what's going to happen with that. But any speculation in your mind as to who that could be? Could, there's one, and I'm thinking Cody Rhodes. Okay. I'm thinking you have Bray Wyatt come back, you feud with Cody Rhodes, and it gives... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's, that's I don't know why mind. I thought Santos Escobar. Okay. That's you know Santos Austin Theory Austin out of Theory left, can keep his, out of left field, but 100. It was just the first the first person that instinctively just jumped into my head. All right, buddy, if you've tuned back in at this point, we're done with the spoilers. We won't bring it up again. 
I try not. We I try not to break spoilers up on the podcast. I just thought it was kind of an interesting aspect to put I, out there. I don't like to read them as much because sometimes I feel like it sways your opinion of what's going to naturally occur. Right. You know, I, I don't think now it again anything. This wasn't a. It wasn't an official release by uh, Fightful or anything like that. This was a tweet put out uh, by somebody who has been right more times than they've been wrong about certain rumors okay. that they've out they've put out there. So um, vague. I don't. I don't, I try not to read into them, like you said. I I try not to read into them to let them sway. Yeah, sometimes but, they're so wrong. You know, just being part of the the wrestling universe, it's hard to not see them. All right, friends, that's going to wrap up everything that we would like to cover for the week. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you go over to Twitter and follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod. We do our absolute best to try to cover everything AEW, ROH, WWE on their weekly shows, pay-per-views and premium live events. But I mean, come on, we got a life too. There's, so. there's a lot of wrestling out there nowadays. <laughs> we're, we're watching wrestling. It's surprising. We went from when we started this podcast, we went from watching AEW Wrestling and it was only Dynamite. Then they put out Correct. Rampage. Then we started catching up with WWE. And then the ROH started being a thing. Yep. Started catching up with that. Now it's new, uh, Collision. Collisions come out. We've delved into New Japan. I have subscriptions to DDT Pro. We have subscriptions to NOAA. We have just... It's... it's The amount of wrestling we watch is, is immense. And, and it's out there and it's absolutely tremendous. All but of we, it is just so good. But we do live tweet anytime that something's on. So please follow us at CW Wrestling Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Gunk Dudley and I'm at a bacon party start your week every Monday with a fresh episode of Coffee and Wrestling a wrestling podcast thank you so much for joining us we will see you in the next episode you've listened this far you've listened to the longest episode of coffee and wrestling a wrestling podcast and just wanted to give you thanks man really appreciate that